Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Momming Autism Podcast, where we are providing a positive platform for parents to share their stories about raising special needs children. We are your hosts, Amanda DeLuca and KDMD, and today we have the pleasure of bringing you um, a delightful blogger and a fellow Coops Troop member as well, Colleen Taylor of the Taylor Tots, our special needs journey on Facebook, and Taylor Tots 09 on TikTok and Instagram. So Colleen, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. So Colleen, in case anyone um, doesn't know your story yet or isn't following you quite yet, can you share about your journey with autism and introduce yourself? Um, So I'm Colleen. I'm 27 and live in South Carolina. I am married to my husband, Dylan, and we have been married five years in July and together eight years in October. We have a three and a half year old. He'll be four in September, Brayden, who is nonverbal and has autism. Um, We also have a 19-month-old who will be two in September, Jensen, and he's still not walking, but we don't have suspicions of autism right now. He's just got the physical delays. So were you guys able to do your evals in person, or were you forced to do all that online? No, we were able to do them in person because it it was in February. Oh, good, good. So... You um, write a lot, and I pulled um, some questions from your writing pieces because there's just so many um, amazing topics that I want to talk about. So one of those is you bravely shared about postpartum depression. Um, Can you talk about what that was like for you and what that was like for your husband and just advice that you wish someone would have given you um, during that time? Sure. So um, I... I think I had this with both boys, but I and I struggled with some form of anxiety and depression prior to being pregnant, and I still do. Um, I have ADHD, so I feel like depression and other you know, things kind of could, could go hand in hand with that. With Brayden, I was, uh, of course, a new mom, and uh, being a new mom's hard, anyways. Um, but I had years of experience with children, like of all ages, and I read all the new mom blogs and articles and thought I was ready and was going to be this crunchy mama that didn't give my kid a passy, exclusively breastfed, made my own baby food, didn't have any screen time, you know, all the things that these new moms without children say they're going to do. Um, well, brain and brain was easy. He had an easy delivery. He was an easy, easy baby. Things were going really great. I was breastfeeding. I was oversupplying and this mom thing was going good. But then one day, when Brayden was about three weeks old, I was home alone, um, and I started having some pretty intense pain in my back. My husband was coaching cross-country at the time, and he was two hours away at a cross-country meet. Uh, We were living in a different town away from family, about two hours away, so we didn't have any family in the area. And my parents were actually about four hours away on vacation. We hadn't been living in the city very long, so I didn't really know what to do or who I didn't have anybody to call. So I called the one friend that I had made, and I wouldn't even probably consider her a friend at that point, just kind of somebody that we had chatted a few times before, but she was able to call her husband, and her husband brought me and my three-week-old baby to the emergency room, and I told them, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I just had a baby, and this pain is a lot worse than that. So they ended up finding out that I had a kidney stone, and I had to have surgery, and my um, supply tanked uh, so I wasn't able to breastfeed anymore I didn't really feel comfortable doing that when I was on pain medicine so that kind of just 
is when I think the depression really kicked in for me because mm-hmm. I wanted to breastfeed so badly and have that connection with my son, but I wasn't able to do that. And I felt like I was letting him down and I just felt really sad and just disconnected from, from everybody, even at times from, from him. Um, but that was, I guess what I struggled with, with Brayden and for Jensen, um, we found out we were pregnant with him right around the time we were starting to have suspicions about autism with Brayden. So, um, and Brayden was going through a lot of other stuff too. Um, he had to have tonsil surgery and then a sleep study done and well, adenoids first, then a sleep study, then tonsils. So he was going through a lot in addition to the autism diagnosis, all that at the same time. So we just had like a lot going on. And I feel like it was, I mean, it would have been hard for anybody not to get a little bit overwhelmed with all of that. Mm-hmm. But I guess the best advice that I can give um, if you're struggling with depression, it, postpartum or any kind of depression is to just to seek help and to talk to somebody, whether that be your partner or a friend or a doctor, and just let somebody know um, that you're not, you're not feeling the way that you should feel and not to feel bad about feeling that way and also if you need to take like any kind of medication to not feel like you're like not to feel like that's a bad thing that medicine is a bad thing because it is really helpful for Mm -hmm. a lot of people um Um, we were talking um this week another mom and I um May's mental health awareness month and as we're coming up on that um that sadly mental health as a statement has such a negative connotation. It and does. We, we need to figure out ways to move towards um, normalizing and the yes. stigma, what, whatever you want to call it, um, because that shouldn't be shame that a mother carries. No, it shouldn't. And so many struggle with it. And I feel like so many are afraid to talk about their struggles, which like you said, it shouldn't be that way. Mm-hmm. It's the fear of judgment. Um, right. I mean, even with an autism diagnosis, it was the same for us. Why? We didn't just come out and say it. It was fear of judgment. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you also said um, when you weren't able to nurse anymore that you felt um, defeated or like you had let him down. It was one something along those lines. Yeah. And I think it's important um, for moms to realize that we place unrealistic expectations on ourselves every single day, whether we can recognize it or not. Um, and then we all feel like we failed. None of you have failed. Because you think you failed, that means you're doing more than most and you're doing an amazing job. And how do we, again, end the stigma of, I let everyone down. Right, and I still feel like I feel that way. Like if, um, I don't know if for sure I'm doing the right thing, you know, with like therapies or doctors or, you know, just anything in general about like Raiden and making sure he has the best possible future um, going forward. You know, it's hard to know what's the right thing in the moment for his future to be the best possible future it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and Katie, you and I talk about this often where we're like, how do we keep all the plates spinning? If anybody ever figures the answer out to that, like, geez, I bet you they would make, you know, write a really good book and we would all buy it. But like, <laughs> there's, there's no possible way, you know, we, like you said, we put these unrealistic kind of, you know, 
expectations on ourselves as moms and and special needs moms and we judge ourselves very very hard mm-hmm. and you know it's our life is tough everybody has a version or a, or you know a different type of hard but you as a parent have to sometimes take a step back and be realistic that you cannot spin all of the plates i i literally just had a spinning plate moment today mm-hmm. i decided that you know earlier this week that we were going to book all of the things today i was i was going to write a week's worth of blog posts which didn't happen i wrote two days worth i was that's going to bring that's more than i have that's more than i have <laughs> <laughs> i i you know when and i was going to bring jackson to his appointment and and i was going to bring my vehicle in for an oil change and then i had um a zoom meeting and i had did that and then i had another meeting and this morning at before anybody should remotely be awake because of the time difference and i did all these things and i got to like 3:00 today and i was like this is too much like wh- who am i like why would i do this to myself like right. but you know i i wanted to get everything done something could have got done for tomorrow it could have got done you know next week but i was so adamant that today was the day like we were going to be this family that crushes all the things out <laughs> stress ourselves right out spin all the plates i just about have a nervous breakdown and but that's what we're doing and you know you know my my husband and and even really close friends of mine like they'll say to me like why do you do that to yourself and i don't have the answer that's no. the thing right. i i do this to myself and then i think after after all the things have happened i'm like my god like i i must be crazy like that's the only thing that i can you know that makes sense that i would put myself through that and i do it constantly and we i put do. this extra yes, you know extra do. layer of of stress and and trying to spin the plates and you know i feel like and and i could be wrong you know maybe this is my crazy thursday talking but like i i feel like as i have got older and as i have grown with my kids and we went through you know every first getting diagnosed and and all of the things i feel like i have got better at spinning the plates but i also feel like with growing and and going through all the motions and my kids getting older and even myself that more plates have just magically been added so oh, yeah. it's it's a very very hard balance and the moms that compare themselves and and we see this also often you know in social media and with moms that blog and and share their life um we compare yes. we we yeah. we literally look through you know their instagram we look through you know their facebook page their blog whatever it may be and we compare and we think to ourselves and and tell ourselves well that mom has four kids or that mom has this different type of hard yeah. and because i don't because i only have three kids or because i only have one kid on the spectrum or whatever we tell ourselves that we must be failing because that mom is doing all of the things but what we have to remember is that we don't actually know their life we only know the life that they are sharing on a screen that has a filter on it what well, can i tell you about my life i shared on the screen today lay it on me Uh we had a Zoom meeting with a state representative about um policy change uh-huh. with I had my 4-year-old in yesterday's nightgown and a puke bowl beside me <laughs> praying <laughs> praying 
that she could hold it in <laughs> until I could push mute. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. from that meeting, I jumped on an hour and a half long IEP Zoom with people I have never met or seen, praying mm-hmm. that I can mute myself when she has to puke in the bowl. So that was my spinning plate moment today. So when somebody says, I don't know how you do it all, I'm gonna say, well, I've done it all once. It was scary, I was sweating, and I do not recommend it (laughs) because we were living on a prayer today. So Colleen, could you um, just kind of, if someone else thinks, I felt that too and I was afraid to speak out, how did you find the courage? Um, how did I find the courage to speak out about autism? About postpartum depression. Oh, postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really open anyways. I'm an open book. I, I feel like sharing my experiences can help somebody else. And if it just helps even just one person, I feel like I did something good. Absolutely. Um, I have a heart for helping people. I have a social work major that I haven't used because I graduated while I was pregnant with Brayden and then... He had, you know, an autism diagnosis, and I've just been a stay-at-home mom, and I've enjoyed it most of the time, um, the past almost four years. But, like, yeah, like, so I just like to help people, and like I said, if I can just help one person by sharing my story, then I feel like I did something good. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, you also wrote about you sort of started detecting these early signs of autism um, that put that on your radar and in your mama gut. Can you talk about what those were for you? I think it's always so important um, to talk, have these conversations because I didn't have autism on my radar. I knew something was wrong because we weren't talking, we weren't babbling, we weren't making eye contact, but I didn't, I didn't start Googling and autism wasn't a part of our life. After our diagnosis, I'm like, oh, that's what that was. Oh, that's what that was. Oh, that's what that was. So I think it's important for us to tell our story so that other mamas who might be listening are like, oh, yes, yes, yes. I think that's the question that I get asked most frequently, like what were the early signs for you? Um, well, around 15-ish months, Braden still wasn't walking. Might have been even more like 14 months. I started mentioning it to the pediatrician and um, we got referred to something, what's called baby net here in South Carolina. It's just early intervention services um, that are available for free before the age of three. Yep. So we got in, plugged in with there, and I think that is when we had like our first really long evaluation. Um, you know, can he do this? Can he do that? Blah blah blah. Um, so we um, were. We qualified for PT, OT, and speech, but he started walking at 16 months, so we kind of felt like he didn't really need PT. I think that he was just like borderline anyways, because he was taking a few steps and just wasn't walking. So then we started speech and early early intervention and occupational therapy. And I think that they were kind of, they kind of put it in my ear sort of at first. And then we had the MCHAT at around the same time and Brayden scored high risk for autism. So it was then that the um, pediatrician referred us to the developmental pediatrician, which we waited quite a long time to get into them to be seen and officially diagnosed. So there was about almost a year, eight months, in between the initial referral 
until the diagnosis. And by the time in that time frame, we, we knew he was on the spectrum. We, 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 it was just obvious. Um, but the signs that we noticed were, um, like you said, no eye contact, um, not, not speaking, not um, um, playing socially with anybody else. He hand flapped, which was something we just thought was was something cute that he did. But right. later we found out that was stimming. Mm-hmm. Um, he's our happy, flappy little guy. Um, <laughs> let's see what else. Um, no pointing, no receptive language. Um, so there's quite a few red flags for us. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of those things are still things that he doesn't do. He's still nonverbal. He still doesn't point to things that he wants he hand leads um but he doesn't like point to you know a drink that's what I want Mm -hmm. so I thought there was a lot of signs that we noticed and I think that my parents have even admitted it to me before that they noticed things maybe before we were willing to admit it that weren't right they didn't know what what it was they didn't know it was autism because autism I mean I had heard of autism before but I never you know knew about it we did not have a son with autism like I know us, of it but not us either us mm-hmm. either we didn't have a personal relationship with anyone or you know we didn't work with people who had special right. needs like it was it was a whole new world to us yeah a completely new world mm-hmm. well and after the doctor gave us our diagnosis and you know kind of talked us through his markers we're like oh yeah we noticed that now yeah oh, that's what that was it was like the but, light bulb came on right um and my mom was like, yeah, I always noticed that. But it wasn't that we were afraid to admit it. I didn't know I was supposed to be calling somebody. My pediatrician told me he's a boy. He'll talk when he's ready. Yeah, I didn't know what else I was supposed to do. I got that a lot from, like, um, some people that we knew. Oh, well, he's just, he's still young. Like, you know, give him time, give him time. And I'm like, no, I spend 24 hours a day with him. Like, <laughs> there's not, there's something not right. Mine was the same as yours. My mama gut said, you keep pushing, you keep pushing, you keep pushing. And I can tell you from that time to now, my mama gut has never been wrong. No, mama gut is usually right. It's amazing how that works, isn't it? (laughs) So um, just a couple more things, Colleen, before we let you go. But can you elaborate on how the pandemic was actually a blessing to your family because you received your diagnosis right at the start? Um, and you wrote about this a little bit, but I'd love to hear you tell others about that. Yeah, so 2020 was a hard year for us. Um, the pandemic was kind of like the bottom of the hard part for us. Um, my husband lost his job at the beginning of 2020 um, due to some false accusations that were made against him. He was a teacher. Um, and then we had to sell our house. We were living two hours away from family. So we ended up moving back to where we are now and thankfully my grandparents house was vacant so we were able to move in there um, for a while and while we decided what we were going to do and we ended up building and that's where we are now Um, but the Braden was diagnosed with autism in February 2020 early February I think February 7th of 2020 was his diagnosis appointment so that was just really a blessing and also his doctor is up here where we are now so it kind of all worked out we're closer to his doctors we're closer to family um we're in a new house my husband has a new job so things like in the moment of like early 2020 it was a really dark time for our whole family um and then the pandemic hit added it on to all the stress that we were already going through and sadness and it was just a really hard time 
but you know like like we're at the same time when I look back I'm thankful that all of that happened because it brought us to where we are now and um Braden's diagnosis if it had not happened at that time even if it was a month later I don't know if we would have even gotten a diagnosis I mean I'm sure we would have one by now but it could have prolonged even longer and um it we were able to get Tefra I'm not sure if you're familiar with that yes. but yes it's, it's a insurance that has helped us in multiple multiple ways that we might not have gotten so soon if he had not gotten his diagnosis so a lot of people say oh why do you need a diagnosis it's just a piece of paper but it opens so many more doors to have that um, Mm -hmm. diagnosis therapy and we have a special needs bed that we just got and it's just it was a I mean it was a blessing my my son needs his diagnosis so that he can go to school um, yeah, Kate, Katie in Canada, her son needs a diagnosis so that he can also go to school. Like it's not just a label. It's not just right. a piece of paper. It's, it teaches people how to serve your children. Yeah. Um, to be completely well, and honest. I think it's, it's, um, you know, to give people kind of a clear picture, you know, um, I think there is this idea that if something is going on with your child, whatever it may be, um, they need to be supported in speech or need to be supported in a school setting, whatever it may look like exactly. But you, that is kind of when help comes. That's the best way that I explain to people, especially in Canada, is that the help arrives and it arrives in full force when those papers are signed. That, that is That is how there is some clarity. There is some you know, um, kind of your path is starting to be laid out. Everybody has, you know, a seat at the table and is able to come together and and see what it is exactly that your child needs and how they're going to be supported. How are they going to succeed? How are they going to achieve all of these things? Um, so I find it so just crazy when, you know, there are things that are said that like, oh, you know, families are just looking for a label or just, mm-hmm. you know, looking for a diagnosis or whatever. You know, that's not what it is. These no. families that have children that have additional needs and need extra support and, um, you know, need services, those families just want it. They want the help to come. They want, yes. they want it in full force. They want their kids to have every opportunity and get you know have every chance possible mm-hmm. um as soon as possible right, so yep. you know getting diagnosed is is the start of you know your child getting a chance in this world yep yeah once you once you get the diagnosis you can build your team right mm-hmm. yeah and i've heard so many people and teachers and stuff say that especially when they're diagnosed early they can tell the difference in school which kids yeah. received early intervention and which ones didn't Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's yeah. 100% true. So Colleen, you are um, very strong in your faith. And I thought um, that we could ask you, uh, we ask every mom to give advice to another mom, but I thought we could maybe tailor yours towards advice you would have for a fellow mom who is struggling with her faith following a diagnosis. So I think that um, guilt is something that every mom feels maybe whenever their child um, is diagnosed and I feel like a lot of t- are blame as well and we, I think the easiest 
person to blame sometimes when your child is diagnosed with special needs or anything is to blame God. And I feel like I did that a little bit at the beginning. You know, I asked God, like, why, why is my family going through this? Why um, does, like, you know, I, I com- compared, you know, at the beginning, other friends, mom friends that didn't have special needs kids. I saw the things they were doing. So I, you know, that I can't, that kind of tied in with like the depression too. Um, but I feel like I just, you know, prayed about it and stayed strong in my faith and, you know, dug deep into the Bible and just, um, I leaned on God and I prayed and he was my strength and my comfort. And, you know, he doesn't make any mistakes. God creates everybody in his image and he created Brayden perfect just the way Brayden is. And I wouldn't change one thing about Brayden. Um, he is a hundred percent Brayden and he is a hundred percent perfect. And I think my husband is my rock too. He is, I, I don't want to say more strong in his faith than I am, but he definitely was able to get me through it as well. Um, so we, we kind of did it, got through it together, um, my husband and I and God. So, Thank you for sharing that. I think um, that that can speak to someone because I know um, so many moms that we have spoken to have said, I spent so much time in the why. Why me? Why us? Why them? So I think that's yeah. very important. Um, Colleen, can you go ahead and tell everybody um, where you're at on social media so that if they um, aren't already, they can start following your journey? Sure. So I'm, I guess, the biggest right now on TikTok. That's where I spend a lot of my time um, right now. But t- for TikTok, you can follow me at Taylor, um, or I'm just like, my mind just went blank. <laughs> Taylor underscore tots 09 <laughs> and then Instagram is the same and then Facebook is um, Taylor tots special needs our special needs journey we will put that in the episode description so that um, people can find that there as well and I am I am not on TikTok I'm a dance teacher and all of my high school dance kids have TikTok so I said I don't want to see what they're doing over there so once they graduate <laughs> then I can jump over to TikTok <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know how it happened. Like it just, I posted a video of our special needs bed, like the, like the inflatable one that we had and it got like 10 million views and I was like, what? And ever Um, since then, it just kind of grew. And so now I just went with it. um, I immediately sent your stair slide to my mom. I'm like, God, we need this at your house. Oh my God. It's so fun. I think I need It's amazing. Yeah. We totally, um, we were influenced by the stair slide, so. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us, Colleen. It was so wonderful to talk to you. And thank you all for listening. We will talk to you again next week.